Welcome to the Warner Brothers Podcast. My name is Keenan, joined by my brother Kyle. As always, Kyle, how are you? I'm great. I'm great. What's up? What's up, Keenan? How you doing? I'm good. Uh, I'm going to say something random that we don't need to talk about now that you're going to disagree with. All right. To me, I think that To Pimp a Butterfly is the best rap album of all time. Yeah, I don't. I think you should listen to more albums. I would say that. I mean, there's nothing wrong with your take, but... I mean, I would say, I would say, knowing some of the albums you have not listened to, I would say, definitely educate yourself for more albums before have, making that. Because you, I mean, have you listened to Tabimpa Butterfly in full a lot? I've listened to it. It's nothing I've listened to a lot. I'll admit, and I know it's, I know it's worthy of look. Kendrick's got a great catalog. Every one of his albums, you could argue, is a classic in some form, right? You could make some sort of argument for any album. Uh, and I know To Pimp a Butterfly is one that he especially put some thought and some craft to. Not that he doesn't for all of his albums, but there's no, no other album of his or across time that really sounds like that particular album. Um, so it's definitely one of the greats, but I mean... I. I get it I because even like people would argue that um, Good Kid, Mad City is the greatest in his just because it's the most. I think it's the, like the most recognizable from him. That in Damn too because it's like uh, obviously the newer generation. But I think Good Kid, Mad City is the most recognizable, and I understand that to Pimp a Butterfly people don't have in that kind of category. But for me, in every list album I've listened to, it's my the best album I've ever listened to. Sorry, I'll rephrase it. It's the best album that I've ever listened to, hip-hop-wise. And I have listened to a lot, but I haven't listened to all. That's fair. It's hard to say this album's the greatest across this genre. When, uh, I mean, you know, hip-hop's about, what, 40, 50 years old? 40, yeah, damn near 50 years old, I believe. I mean... Yeah, since the 70s. Yeah, so I... There's no particular album I could even say... Because, you know, I'm five years older than you. There's no album I could say off the top of my head, like, yeah, this is the hip-hop album. I've always said, this is when I was younger. I don't know if my answer would change. But I've always said, if I wanted to introduce someone to hip-hop, I would choose Nas's Illmatic. Like, that's what hip-hop is to me. Like, as far as... Oh, and that's one of, the, and that's one of my favorite albums. So, I don't... That's, that's one of those ones that I've actually... I love Illmatic. But I, mean, Illmatic. I don't know if I could say that's the greatest hip-hop album of all time there's a lot of great albums and there's i mean and yeah and, and it's a subjective comment so like it's obviously there I was obviously with that i could say someone could say that i think uh nothing was the same or like say a drake one that would the uh the following would not agree with but to them it is because of x y and z so it is subjective but to me at terpimpa butterfly is the greatest album i've ever listened to that's an absolutely fair statement. But the greatest hip-hop album of all time, there would be several albums upon several albums upon several albums that could make that argument. I mean, you just think of think of the classic albums that might come out in just one year, let alone across a five-year span, a 10-year span, 20-year span. So there's a lot of great albums. I will say I was thinking to myself the other day, like, like how people really get nostalgic about music or like the sports they watch or anything from a particular time in their life. So I was really thinking like, all right, is the music that I listened to, let's say in high school, better than what I listened to 
throughout my 20s, like which era? And because I think in my 20s, I would have said the previous era was better for music. And I still kind of agree with that. I think I think hip hop wise, like if we're just talking rapping and rapping ability. Yeah, I would say the 2000, mid 2000, yeah, mid 2000, sorry, through the 2010s or the mid 2010s or early 2010s, it would be, I guess, for high school and teenage ship. Um, I think it was better rapping. And I think the 2010s or throughout my 20s, I think there was more creativeness. Like, I think more unique music came out of the 2010s than in the previous era. I would honestly say 2015 was kind of that switch, roughly, because 2015, I believe, was um, The Life of Pablo. And then, like, in 16, Migos got very big. And they kind of went into like Travis Scott got really big. And so like those are a lot of your creative album. And then obviously people branch off of there now. But I'd say even earlier than that, I would say it was pretty immediate in the 2010s because that's. Yeah, you had like Drake, J. Cole and even Kendrick coming up on major labels. Right. But all the all the independent artists like Chance like ASAP at the time when he first released his original mixtape. I believe that was independent. Yeah, um, it was. like that, like that. When it was blending the mixtape era from, okay, we're rapping over people's beats to now we're making original music, uh, you know, into the rest of the 2010s. It was a, such a level of creation of creativity and music. Uh, you know, like we, SZA comes out in that era, yeah, you know? Yeah, uh, and like I mentioned, like oh. I mentioned with Chance, Acid Rap and uh, coloring. coloring Book, I don't see those being something that could drop in the 2000s, right? The, specifically the late 2000s. I don't see that being able to drop anytime during the 2000s and getting the same reception it did. Because that's just incredible music. You know, we can say what we want about Chance now, but those two in particular for me... But those two in particular are Raps his best project, and that might have honestly been a little bit a sprinkle from Kid Cudi and 808s, and then you keep going, yeah. and then kind of like their foundation that would have been 08. So like the foundation started, I guess for me mentally, like when I saw it become a more mainstream switch would have been around like 2015. I guess. Uh, yes so. and no. I mean, you're you're younger, so I mean, I can see where it was where you could see it that way, but I would say even the late 2000. I'll keep on saying the 2010s, but the late 2000s into the early 2010s, even like I remember. So my sophomore year of high school was when like ringtone rap was really starting to pop, and like uh, Soldier Boy, all that kind of music. You know, Hurricane Chris, one hit, real one hit wonders with that like deviated so far from rapping ability. You know, just the catchiness of it. So there was there's been seeds of it for a while. Um, Shit, who else came up? Like, uh, you know, uh, Mims, this is why I'm hot. Like, there was just so uh, many of those Brad type of rap. Dirty. Chameleon, yeah, Chameleon had more. He had a couple I mean, hits, but I mean, that, like, was, that was really, like, was a, his... He was big in Houston, though, compared to, like, Soldier Boy came out of nowhere. Like, Soldier Boy's more like what you'd see today, where someone goes viral, and you got you got a big hit in a week kind of thing. You know what I mean? Soldier Boy really came out of nowhere. So the seeds for what we see now definitely sprinkled in the mid to late. 2000s i believe uh and it you know i can't think of the exact year but i want to say 09 that's when Nas released hip-hop is dead 
So, and then you got Death of Autotune releases in 09 with Jay-Z. I want to say Hip Hop is Dead was maybe 07, 08. So that's really when you started to see the tide change as far as lyricism versus catchiness, you know? Um, and I think it's really been a debate that's always been there for hip hop. But I think the pop side of hip hop really started to change in the late 2000s because that's when sales started to change. And I don't know, it's kind of been a seesaw since then. But I don't know, luckily with the streaming era, you can really curate whatever you want to hear. You know what I mean? For like sure. you can listen, you can listen to whatever you want at any time. So, you know, it's less about radios and all that now for especially for people older you know if you're if you're a teenager coming up i'm sure you're still watching music videos on youtube because you see the numbers on these music videos and they're always insane like there's always an insane amount on name a popular artist their music video on youtube so i think a lot of the younger generation does still consume music videos and radio too i'm assuming so it's interesting music is such an interesting topic when it comes to culture and impact and all that but yeah see look what you started you got you mentioned to pimp a butterfly and I well no i was just i was gonna say for me uh, well i was gonna say for you and for me it's a little bit different on what because for me it started when it felt like it started was around the 2014 to 2016 because obviously when you're you're oh your really young rap quote, quote unquote would be like get rich or die trying into I mean obviously you listen to other Jay-Z like Jay-Z, Nas, 50, Eminem like all those guys would have been your young rap and then my young ones would have been I mean but my introduction them, to rap. Your, sorry, your introduction to rap and then my introduction was a little bit of them via you but like on my own it would have more so been Drake, J. Cole, Kendrick will mix with a little Eminem, Jay-Z, mix with some Jeezy, T.I. Like, and these people obviously were around when you were there, too. Lil Wayne, for sure, because he was, obviously he's been there since, like, late 90s, but he really was, that was 2005 was to 2000, 2005 to 2009 in that stretch. He was mixtape Wayne, plus then the Carter, like, Carter two, Carter three drop, the dedications, no ceilings. So he was really he was the number one rapper in the world. Obviously Con Kanye as well. So definitely around that time those would be the guys for me. For sure. For sure. But yeah, you're correct. I did disagree with your original sentiment. Um and yeah, we gotta do we'll eventually do more music on here because i could talk music all day clearly and uh you know just about the different eras but yeah no i was really just thinking between the 2000s and the 2010s into now the 2020s because i think this year has been a really great music year after the first two years of 2020 i think 2020 had a lot of great music but it was buried under you know the the fucking pandemic. I was <laughs> lost my mind there for a sec, but it was buried under the pandemic, you know? And then 2021, I thought was a weak year for music. And I thought this has been a rebound year. So. Yeah. I didn't mean to get on this big of a tangent, but you know what we do. So yeah, there's the music portion of our day and we can hop into the NFL. Week five was another good week because there's no such thing as a bad week in the NFL. 
How did you well, feel about before, it? Before we get to the NFL, though, uh, can we talk a little Draymond Green? Because we oh. got interrupted by Draymond Green last time. Or that was... Yeah, that was going through we our picks. We talked report when it first came out. And, you know, I didn't spend too, we didn't spend too much time on it because it sounded like something that would happen. You know, Draymond Green got an altercation with a teammate. Like, that must happen every single training camp, let alone this one got reported. But then what? The next day, I believe, if not the day after that? Uh, you see the video? Two days after that. So uh, pretty much on Wednesday night, Wednesday night, Draymond, there's a report that Draymond punches Jordan Poole. So I figured it was like them kind of jawing back and forth because they said that they were talking at practice and then Draymond punched him. I figured it was just them getting really competitive, started pushing a little bit, Draymond threw a little punch, they split each other up. Nope, Jordan, video drops, and Jordan and him are talking a little bit. Jordan's kind of walks away, Draymond approaches him, Jordan gives him a little shove, not even a crazy one like the, just get away, like I don't need this. Then Draymond decides to go with his best Mike Tyson and threw a haymaker and connected with Jordan's jaw for no reason. Better than that, he threw a Superman punch. Yeah, he did his best. He followed best through. Oh, he followed yeah. through with it and was like, okay, what? what is this? And then going on, we're not sure if he's going to get suspended or not. Then obviously he issues the apology to Jordan Poole, the team, uh, Jordan Poole's parents and everything. Uh, Jordan Poole says that he has not forgiven uh, Draymond Green yet. Kayvon Looney said that it's going to take a minute for Draymond to get his um, get definitely ownership and respect his respect fully gained back in the locker room. And then we see today that Draymond Green is not going to be suspended by Golden State at all, and pretty much nothing's going to come by it uh, disciplinary wise. So, a little rundown of what it was. How do you feel about it? Uh, well, I said, I think that night, like the NBA is TMZ and it literally, I mean, that video was leaked to TMZ. I really want to know who leaked the video because this is the first time we've ever seen practice footage like that uh, when it comes to the NBA. And you could tell it was like taken off a phone too. Like it was someone recording the video. So I really would just be interested to know who it was and what happened to that person. I don't know if we'll ever find out, but I would assume that person's definitely fired by now. But, uh, you know, the video doesn't look great, obviously, because, you know, Jordan Poole gives him a little shove. Draymond gives him a Superman punch, knocks him out, like knocks dude the fuck out. And, uh, you know, Golden State got ahead of the story because obviously they didn't think it was going to be leaked because why would they? And, you know, they initially said they weren't going to suspend them. They're doing it in-house. Then the video comes out. Then it looks fucking terrible. Like, it just it, there's no way Draymond looks great there, you know? Uh, of course, we don't know what Jordan Poole said. But everybody, like you said, Kevon Moody comes out. Steve Kerr even said, like, you know, he's got to earn, earn his trust back here, da-da-da. You mix that in with that it's a contract year, and he wants a max contract, which was already going to be Iffy. tough. You know, because it was him. Obviously, the way Wiggins played last year in the finals and in the playoff throughout the entire playoff run, and I mean, even last season, he was an All Star. And then, yeah, would I mean, you have the emergence of Jordan Poole too? So, with those two guys going to need contracts here within the next two years, plus you also have Draymond. 
it it's gonna be hard, especially with Steph's big contract, but which he clearly has deserved. Clay's got a pretty decent sized contract as well. So having all of them together is going to be very difficult. And Draymond might have punched his way out of Golden State. Yeah, and I don't I don't necessarily think like that might be the reason why he goes like like i said i already think it was oh no 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 i just mean like this could have been like the icing on the cake kind of thing like not not like the actual reason and we'll see if it is the icing on the cake they'll trade him within the first you know four months of the season like that's didn't you have him as one of your trade guys possibly yeah i think i i think that was one of my predictions that he could be traded and that was that was before the punch. That yeah, oh, I I just want to say uh, Kyle could be a. I mean, Kyle might have to be one of the. I might be on ESPN as an analyst. He did say before the NBA is TMZ in the prior pod to the picks, and then the picks came out, and I mean, then we're doing the picks, and TMZ obviously recorded a video, and Kyle said that Draymond Green might be traded during the year. I mean. I, you, I mean, you should just make a career off of this. Fuck ESPN. I'm, I'm <laughs> not ESPN. Here. Sorry, you can you can do whatever you want on your own platform. All I'm gonna say is, you need. But to- I mean, you said that my own platform. So that's another th- that's another part of this with Draymond. He's he does a podcast about as seriously as he plays in the NBA. You know what I mean? Like he he takes that really seriously. Compare, you know, calling himself new media hasn't been on the podcast about- talking about Jordan Poole. Yeah, which is, you know, clearly they told him not to because he would have been traded the next day had he come out with whatever he wanted to say, you know, if it was an emotional reaction. But, you know, I just think he's become such a distract, not a distraction, but he definitely can be a distraction with that show. Because before he had the podcast, like, yeah, he was Draymond. He was doing all that annoying shit behind the scenes that he definitely does. You know what I mean? Like, there's no way his teammates fucking love him 365 days a year. How much they have to put up with him? Like, can you imagine having to put up with Draymond a whole season? Those guys fucking hate him. Like, not hate him, but you could even see after he punched Jordan Poole, the lack of reaction from everybody. Everybody was kind of like, what the fuck? You know what I mean? The, Same thing with Durant in 2019. And the reaction uh, before, no one no one got like, obviously when two players are in the NBA, like on the court or whatever, and they're jawing back and forth, and someone feels like it's going to get serious at all, teammates who are around will at least turn and pay attention to it in case they have to step in. Zero people were paying attention to Jordan and Draymond, which makes me believe that the conversation they were having was very ordinary. Like maybe like just talking back and forth, saying whatever, but I don't feel like it was very personal attacks on anything. In my personal opinion, just from watching and obviously seeing the um video. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's tough to tell because again, we don't have audio. Oh, for sure. Uh, I mean, I did. I de- did this de- last definitely week in college. Like so. war- it definitely doesn't look like he warranted that reaction. But we don't know what Jordan Poole said. But, again, it doesn't look like there was much reaction leading up to the punch or after the punch. So, who the hell knows? The Warriors are probably good with it. I mean, they're definitely good with it. You didn't hear anything coming out after that. They're, I mean, they're a class organization. They're going to talk amongst it in the locker room. But, I mean, you can't tell me they're not tired of Draymond's shit. Do you think this affects the season at all? Yeah, especially that it got out. Yeah, I mean, it's just... It was already going to be dramatic in Golden State, and now it's going to be like it's going to be a lot like Durant's last year there. It is them coming off a championship, 
uh, Draymond being so important to them as he is. Because that is a thing. Like, sure, he's, I don't think he's deserving of the max contract. He's a one way player. But at the same time, there's stats to back up how beneficial he is to mm-hmm. Steph. And, you know, the, the chemistry those two have. I mean, he was sure. in 2016 that, that Draymond was. This Draymond, no. This Draymond still is very. Oh, no, max contract worthy. Oh, oh max contract. No, that's yeah, what, that's no, what I'm saying. No, yeah, this Draymond's really sure. good. This Draymond's yeah. really good. I still don't. I feel he's a very good defender. He's not as shifty as he once was, but he is as still a very good defender and can guard one through five. Maybe not as well, but still can guard one through five. He'll get yeah. you seven assists a game, and he's good. Good focal point in the offense. He knows how to run the offense, and he is Steph's bread and butter guy and can get him open, which obviously is what you want being that Steph is one of the best players in the league. So he's definitely yeah. good to that team. It's just 2015-2016 when he was putting up like 12-7-7, and shooting like 35. One year he shot 40% from three. That Draymond Green, that was, and he was the best defender in basketball probably. That's a max guy. This guy, he's not a max guy. Right. Like, I just, I'm, it's going to be an incredible season like i can't wait to talk about a monday there's so many question marks all over all over the nba there's question marks um really one of the only sure things we have right now is the milwaukee bucks um but the warriors yeah they their fascination level for me jumped up like they're gonna be they're gonna be more dramatic than the lakers this year and that's pretty hard like it's always drama surrounding the lakers even when there doesn't need to be and the Warriors are going to be right there. And Draymond, trust me, like if he doesn't, let's say he doesn't get traded within these first two months here, and you know they start off well, and Draymond plays the whole season, there's going to be two to three to four other Draymond incidents, whether it has to do with a podcast, whether it has to do with a ref, whether it has to do with another player. It's going to be something with Draymond. It's always something with him. And the fact that he does have a podcast and is very vocal on there, you know, it's only going to add to it. Stand and the fact it. that he already said, oh, I want a max contract. Like, it's just going to be crazy. Not to mention they're going to be right in the thick of it as far as contention. Um, but I was going to say, you know, if they do at some point, whether it's this year, whether it's next, if there's life without Draymond, yeah, he's just so much more valuable to the Warriors or another contender than he would be to your average team. But especially the Warriors with how Steph and Clay play off him. I just, I just wonder who they replace him with because... I mean, Steph, look, Steph's great, but I always, if we're taking it by definition, it's always funny when I hear, like, people say, like, Steph's such and such point guard of all time because there's nothing point guard about Steph. He's the very definition of a shooting guard. You know what I mean? He's just as much of a two guard as Mike and Kobe to me. You know, I mean, his game's predicated on shooting. The only difference is he's 6'3 compared to their 6'6. You know what I mean? Draymond's the point guard on their team at me, point forward. Yeah. So I really wonder what their team would look like they got rid of Draymond. And you got, you know, if it would be someone like Steph really running the point, because I don't, I, you know, I don't think that's as good for their team. Not saying Steph can't run an offense, but you want, you want Steph running off screens, I mean, getting Steph, a shot. We did Steph see how they were was Steph running the point. He was running the point more so in twenty from twenty twelve to twenty fourteen, and they were a really good team. I mean, obviously they didn't have exactly the personnel that they do now, but I mean that was when Steph was averaging around 
eight and a half, almost nine assists a game. So like he was actually running the point and they were running offense through him. He wasn't coming off of as many pin downs. He wasn't off the ball as much as he is now. Because obviously if you looked at his stats and looked watched the games, his assist numbers have dropped from about eight a game to six a game, roughly. And that um because of the fact that he is off the ball, but Steph is still a very good passer. So but It'd be interesting to see him off the ball, but I don't think that's where his best... I mean, his greatest attribute is shooting, so you'd want to put him in a position to where he can shoot the most. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, I don't know. It's definitely something I'm going to be monitoring all year is Draymond and the Warriors. And uh, that's among, like, the 15 other NBA stories. Like, I can't wait. The beginning of the NBA season is, like, the greatest, like... Preseason, everyone's so positive about their teams. Everything feels new and fresh. And well, then, everyone feels like a, thirty teams think they're a playoff team. So, <laughs> and it and it feels that way. Like I don't know. Like it'll be I the preseason into that first two weeks is just some of the best feelings of the year. I can't really describe it, but it definitely. And this is awesome. like when like a this is when the first like month of the season. Obviously, the the teams like the Bucks and things like that, they can get right throughout the year because they're so talented. But this that's where the teams like the Pistons or teams like even the Timberwolves, so they want to get off to a good start. But like especially a team like the Pistons, a team that was outside of the playoff picture, have enough talent to possibly be in that play-in or the bottom. If they start off the season, say... 17 and 6 which is possible because we've seen that from many teams like that like almost not cements them as a playoff team but really puts them in a great position to where like throughout the year even if they do have a couple lulls they can still be in position to be in the playoffs and take that next step yeah there's just gonna be there's just so many different undertones and different so many ways the season could go and then you throw in the when by sweepstakes on top of it and I think you're going to see tanking in ways we haven't seen for quite some time because, I mean, you know, you hear it this week ever since the two showcase games. This guy, it's you know, it's him and LeBron and whoever else you want to put up there. But it's him and LeBron, as far as prospects in a class and by themselves, as far as hype, like he's going to get. Yeah, I was gonna say, there's, there's a hype, couple other prospects to me that deserve to be in that conversation. Like I would say Hakeem deserves to be in that conversation. Um, I know there's a lot of hype around Patrick Ewing. I mean, Tim Duncan was very good as well. But like to me, I think Hakeem. No, I don't know if they had this level of hype though. Or no, no, even the, the, the hype. Front. The hype. No, I'm not saying the hype. I'm not. I'm saying like deserving, like um, the player level. Sorry, not the hype, Maybe. but the player Hakeem. level. I think Hakeem was player level wise was he was a Hakeem freak. Was- he was a freak, but he was pretty raw coming out. Whereas when Bayana is just, we ain't seen anything also, like him. Also, I mean, more. Shaq was Shaq. Shaq was Shaq. I was gonna say, I was gonna say uh, like Hakeem first year put up twenty one and twelve, and then like Shaq his first year he's putting up twenty three and fourteen with three and a half blocks. The difference like, with those guys though is I think they had some debate. Because Hakeem had Bowie, who's the other big guy, and then MJ. MJ wasn't really talked about as the number one pick, but I think there really was some Hakeem Bowie debate, at least in that uh, that '84 draft documentary. It kind of seemed that way. And then Shaq, I think he came out the same year as 
Alonzo Mourning, and I think there was some center debate with them. There's no debate on who the number one pick's going to be. Like, there's not even... School is a fantastic prospect, but there's not even going to be any question. School or one by Anna, 30 teams, 30 teams are taking one by Anna. Uh, I don't know. This dude is just, he's so much better than even what I saw in his videos from like the years leading up to this. Like he was literally that. I didn't see the second showcase. I saw the highlights, but that first showcase that I came on here and talked about, he was literally hitting threes. Damn near whenever he wanted. Whatever he was throwing up was going in. And the only, literally the only question I have for this dude is, you know, is is he going to get injured? Because the history on guys who are taller than 7'2", probably, I'd say, are not good. And it's even one of the things Phil Jackson, when he drafted Chris Stapps Porzingis, he even said, like, I'm scared he's going to get injured because he's too tall. And people were kind of like, what the fuck? Like, it was weird of him to say that because he drafted him. It's like, why would you say that once you shower him with praise kind of thing? But it ended up being pretty true. Uh, Porzingis has been injury riddled the last two or three seasons, really. I mean, I guess he was healthy last season, but he's definitely had a share of injuries since his time in New York. Definitely. But shit, let's talk some football. Alrighty. Um, this week... Uh, just a quick thing, picks wise, you went twelve and four. I went eleven and five. We're kind of doing, we're kind of lit when it comes to these picks right now. We're both like at least fourteen games above five hundred, so we're doing good. But what was what's interesting? What was what's hot got your mind and what caught your eye this weekend? Well, last weekend, I should say. A lot of great games. I mean, I'm I can't say enough how much I'm loving this season. Yeah. Um. And here, you know, we're getting right into the middle of fall here. It's mid-October. Football season's really... This is like from now till the postseason is when it really gets good. Yes. And, you know, we've talked about how preseason is shortened, how the first four or five weeks, maybe even six weeks for teams are really, like, easing into the league year and how after that is really when you see the football start to pick up because we've seen some bad football. We really have. Of course. This year, we, this week, we saw some quality football. And you just, I mean, look, for as much as I love great football, I love me an ugly-ass, dumb-ass coaching fiasco like we got last Thursday night with the Colts and the Broncos. That was one of the worst football games I've ever seen. <sighs> that might have been the uh-huh. worst football game in the last, like, 10 years. You hear things like, oh, football's a chess match. The NFL's a chess match. Belichick, what a great coach he is. He's playing chess while other coaches are playing checkers if they're less than him. That was a fucking... That was an intro that level checker. That was an intro that was, checkers game. It was, if football's checkers, that was Uno last Thursday, what we saw. It was just draw yeah. four, pull out, and just hope you get a wild card and get it. That was so garbage. It was unbelievable. I can't believe the Broncos lost that game. They had that game won. Colts went in overtime. Uh, I don't really have much to say about that. I mean, I don't think Russ is it. Russ, first of all, it's the first four weeks here. Or no, week six. So first five weeks going into that game. First five weeks of the season with a new coach and a, and a new quarterback. New system for Russ, right? So... You know, there's going to be growing pains. He, does he look the same as a few years ago? Obviously not. But it really seems like he does not want to leave the pocket at all. I mean, sure, he might not be as quick as before, but you can't tell me that guy can't scramble a little bit. I mean, the times we have seen him like have to leave the pocket and go pick up a few yards, he can do it. 
but it seems like he does not at all want to scramble around. Uh, he just wants to sit in the pocket and be Drew Brees, be Tom Brady, and he's not that guy. He's just not. So, you know, if he's going to stick in the pocket and not use his athleticism at all, it's going to be a rough next, what, four to five seasons for the Broncos because, yeah, you're not going to get the rest in Seattle at all. They, and can't, I think that, they can't get rid of him until 2027. Yeah, and his athleticism is only going to decline, but he clearly still has some burst ability and escapability. He's clearly still got all that. Maybe, again, not as much as three, four years ago, but he definitely still has it, and it would make him more dynamic. But if he's just going to sit in the pocket – no, nah, it's not going to go well. You can see that. And you're going to see rock fight of games going on. And, you know, maybe if he had a better head coach here, maybe they could take advantage of that because they do have a good defense and they do have a good run game and maybe they could scheme something up. And I don't know. It's still early on the Broncos, but, you know, even with the way Russ looks, if this coach can figure it out at all, like figure out something to get these guys open or just figure some sort of creativity out, get something out of his team, then, you know, I'm not necessarily out on the Broncos, but the way they're playing right now, I'm absolutely yeah, I'm, out on them. I'm, out, you know on, I mean? I'm out on the I mean, I wasn't fully in on the Broncos. They were a seven seed for me, but they did have the same record in my predictions as the Patriots, as the Dolphins, and as the uh, Titans. I just had them winning tiebreakers and being able to make it. And out. I would say all three of those teams are better than the Broncos right now. Uh, the Titans, the, the Titans, the Titans are weird, but at least they have an identity. They know they're going to slow the game down as much as possible, run Derrick Henry multiple times a game, and try not to rely on your defense because the defense is not that great. The Patriots know we're going to slow the game down. We're going to run the ball. Going to ask our quarterback to make a throw here and there on third down, and our defense is going to carry us through. The Dolphins, I mean, obviously the Dolphins don't have Tua right now. So that hurts them. But when they get, when they obviously have to, it's we're going to put pressure on the defense with our speedsters on the outside, our speedster in the backfield, and then our defense is going to be opportunistic and they're going to make plays because we've got some good stars and we've got some athletes defensively. They all know their identity, at least. The Broncos don't have one. They like they have a really good defense, but they don't have an offensive identity because it's like well, let Russ cook, but then it's also like we need to establish a run game, and then it's Javante's out now. Melvin Gordon can't hold on to a football, and they're still trying. Like Russ seems so hesitant, and I understand that's coaching, but at the same time, there are certain decisions that is quarterbacking, and that's something that he was good at, and right now he's not good at it. Just not good at playing quarterback right now. Geno Smith is much better than he has been in these five games. Like it makes it looks bad. It looks like Pete Carroll, not that he, I'm not saying this, it looks optically like Pete Carroll had more to do with Russ's success than we gave credit for. Uh, I, I don't even, I won't even say that. Like, I really think it's just Russ not playing to his own strengths. Like, I think if you put Russ in bull legs, uh, just had more design runs for him. Like, you know, even how Ryan Tannehill plays, you know, because they get him, he's not the most athletic guy. But he can run a little bit. They get him on bootlegs. They get him out of the pocket. Russ has been in the pocket most of the time, and that's never been his game. Like, he can do it, but if you're going to sit there, what, 40 plays a game and drop back or hand off, you become more predictable. So, yeah, you're going to, especially at his height, and again, him not being Drew Brees. It's one thing if you're Drew Brees at that height. He's not. He's not he didn't come into the league as a pocket guy. For, uh, for what The times he has... Long. 
the times he had had success in the pocket, it's when he's got variety. He's got the read option. He's got a power back. He's taking it out of the pistol, out of the gun, not just dropping back. You know what I mean? So if they add some more variety in there, this is an offensive coach allegedly. You know, if they really can work out something, and but it doesn't seem like Russ wants to be that. So I don't know. I don't know. But again, it's early in the season. Who knows? But, you know, he does not. When I'm watching him, he just does not seem washed in the sense that he can't move the same. Uh, he's still got movement ability. Uh, he's got movement ability, but he doesn't seem to want to use his movement. So, you know, that's going to be tough for him to play from the pocket for sure. Fair, definitely fair. I he just needs to play quarterback better. That's really what it comes down to. But, yeah, um, and, uh, yeah, absolutely. And again, I think if he plays to his strengths. That's you know it's available, but who the hell knows that they're fun to watch. I don't know how the fuck fun to watch in the sense of their comedy. I don't know how they have four primetime games because I believe they're they're the Monday night game this coming week with they the Chargers. Are. So yeah, I don't know why we've seen them so much in primetime. I mean, I get the rest factor, but shit, we haven't even seen the Chiefs that much in primetime. It seems like so, but yeah, no, we. I mean, we've seen. Look, I had the Chiefs. You had the Chiefs winning the NFC or AFC West anyway. But between Nathaniel Hackett, uh, Brandon Staley, and McDaniel's, these guys are fuck. All three of them are dumb ass coaches. Dumb ass coaches. Like you saw the Chargers going for it on fourth and two, up two, and their own side of the field against the Browns. That's one of the worst decisions I've ever seen in my entire life. I was life. losing my fucking mind. I also I think going for two for Josh McDaniels on that I thought that was ridiculous. I had no idea why they would go for two there. That was unneeded. I understand that you want to get up, but I mean at the same time there's four minutes and twenty seven seconds left. Why are you going for two? I ju- I just didn't. That made no sense to me. Uh. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, and roughing the uh, in that game, there was a roughing the passer call, which obviously there was a couple this weekend that were garbage. I've never seen a worse one with Tom Brady. And obviously, Tom Brady, go love him, my favorite athlete to ever root for ever. But that was one of the most atrocious roughing the passer calls I've ever seen. Yeah, that was terrible. It took the Falcons' chances to win that game away. That was a third down sack that got changed into a roughing the passer. Uh, late call too. It wasn't even like they threw the flag immediately. They waited a little bit, threw the flag. Terrible call. Screwed the Falcons out of at least a chance to win the game. Yeah. They're down six. Then the game ends twenty-one fifteen. Um, yeah, no, frustrating. The, I mean that right there. That's the reasons we love the NFL. You're gonna get terrible calls that you know swing a game, which we don't necessarily love that, but it adds to the drama. You're gonna get terrible coaching. Uh, I mean, we saw Matt Rule get fired earlier this week. There was another coach. and uh, Glad he did. You know. I'm oh, not glad he did for, like, the sake of it, but sorry, it's, I don't want to say glad. But he deserved to be fired. Definitely. There's yeah, for no, sure. I was going to say, there's no way he shouldn't have been fired, and I'm glad they did it sooner rather than later. Yeah, him and then Baker's going to be injured, but Baker was playing terrible. Uh, and I don't know. I don't know. I mean... Between, like I said, just this bad coaching in the AFC West specifically. Between Staley going for it on fourth and two, like I, they had 
they tried to lose that game. Like, they literally tried to lose that game. Thank God the Browns missed that field goal because, I mean, I think I would fire my fucking coach if I was a team owner. I really would. Because that's, that's a game you just give, even if you don't have the most faith in your defense, just give them a chance with shit. I think there was a minute 30 left, maybe, if that. I don't even know. I don't remember the exact time, but, yeah. you know. Yeah, it was, they tried to lose the game. and They tried their hardest the Ra- to lose the game. The Raiders actively tried to lose the game when they were up on the Chiefs and then go, decided to take go for the two-point conversion. Or, or were they down at that time? Was that to tie it up? Would they have just tied it up had they kicked the extra point or that yeah, put them up? They would, they would have tied it if they so kicked yeah, the take the point. points there. No, that's know, what I'm saying. It was 29-30, to 30, and they ended up losing 29-30. to 30. Same, same score. And they were outplaying them at least in the first half, you know? They, Obviously, the Chiefs come back, but I mean... I get why they went for it. I really do. You're being aggressive on the road, but I've never liked that call. I've never, ever, ever liked the call of going for two when you can just play for overtime. Sure, nobody loves overtime, but you know, if you don't, if you miss it right there, then you're certainly losing. You get the chance to try to, you know, change the outcome. But hey, that's the difference between a playoff team and a non-playoff team right there. You know, if the Raiders don't make the playoffs or if they're a game out of the playoffs, you can look directly to that game. 100%. 100%. Uh, is there anything else uh, that hit your mind instantly this week, NFL-wise? I mean, yeah, the rough in the passes, we mentioned that. Yep. Um, my Pats, I'm loving the Patriots. I was going to say the Patriots, loving they look the- good. Um, they made Jared Goff come back down to reality. Yeah, I mean, it was just a good week all around for football. Uh, the NFC East is back. Like, who would have had them as the best division in football? But here we are with them. Um, I love. Uh, I th- personally love Saquon being back to being Saquon. And the thing about him being back was he never really left. He just was injured, couldn't get in a rhythm, and his offensive line was terrible. His offensive line is no longer terrible. His offensive line is okay to decent. So the fact that he has a little bit of lanes, a little bit of blocking to do, and even though in the game he didn't really have, other than the big plays, he didn't like per carry have exactly the greatest. I think it was only like two and a half to three yards a carry. It's just the fact that on one play, he can change the entire complexion of the game. So like when you throw the screen to him and he puts that nice move, I believe, on uh, Rosal Douglas. I could be wrong on the corner that he put the move on, but he gets 50 yards. Or you get that big 40-yard run. You get these big plays from him because he's so electric with the ball in his hands that at any time that can happen, which is why he's such a scary player. Yeah, I mean, that, effective, that game effectively knocked the Packers out of the contenders for me at this time. At this time, uh, I was kind of iffy on them anyway, but I'd say the three contenders for me in the NFC right now would be the Eagles, Cowboys, and Niners for me. I have, I still, I'm adding the Bucks in there. They are a contender to me. Completely. I still have the Bucks a notch below. I still haven't looked, I haven't liked anything from them this season, really. I mean, they had their defense they, is on right. par with any defense in the NFC. That's why I would have to put them, I'd have to put them there. And then I agree with you. I agree with it, and you kind of have to put the Bucks there by default. But because I don't think the Cowboys are better offensively than the Bucks, and I think defensively they're very comparable. If you want to say it's because the Buck, um, the, um, 
the Dallas Cowboys have a better pass rush, sure, but I mean the linebacking core of Tampa might be the best in football with Levante David and Devin White. So I'd have to, if I was to say, if you're putting Dallas, I'd have to put them there. It's basically just they can they these teams get their offense, including the 49ers too. It's just can they consistently keep their offense going with basically the 49ers? Is basically can you trust Jimmy G? Obviously, you have the Cooper Rush Dak thing, and then with the Bucks, it's really can you guys just get the continuity on the offensive line and the continuity with the receiving core? Yeah, I'd say the difference though between the Bucks and the other teams, I don't think the Bucks are necessarily playing well. I think the Bucks, I think the Bucks long term, sure you take them in the course are a contender, but if we're talking right now. I don't know. I don't think. I think they play the Eagles, Cowboys. Or the Niners head to head right now. I'm taking any three of them over the Bucks today. I wouldn't. Today. I wouldn't take the Cowboys over them. I would. The Eagles on a neutral field, you would have to. I mean, obviously, I think the Bucks easily. I mean, easily could win that game. It's not like they wouldn't have a chance. I think the 49ers. They're playing a little better right now, so I'd give the 49ers the edge. The Eagles the edge, but I would probably take. I would probably take the Cowboys over. Um, I mean, not the Cowboys, the Bucks over the Cowboys right now. I just haven't seen one game where I've been like, oh, shit. Bucks I, mean, look I, I just have defensively. Eagles. Defensively, they've been... other. The Chiefs game's a little blip, but other than that, they've been elite all season. Maybe. I'm saying, as a team overall, I haven't come out of one game I've watched from them. Like, damn, watch out for them. Whereas the Niners, Cowboys, and Eagles, I'm like, okay, that's a team you're going to have to face late in the season and they're going to be scary to face late in the season i don't necessarily feel that way about the bucks nor the packers right now i it's weird because i think the bucks are a victim of their own success because i don't see in that case i don't see they're really being different than the cowboys because the cowboys offensively haven't been scary in the slightest the 49ers are so dynamic because they have debo because they have such a great rushing attack that i understand that the eagles they have aj brown jalen hurts is such a athlete with his legs you've got miles sanders who's finally running like miles sanders or running like an actual running back but dallas just offensively but i understand what you're saying their wow factor is the fact that they've got micah they've got that demarcus lawrence is playing like his contract they've got so much up front and then plus you got trayvon diggs in the back that can is so opportunistic especially now because he hasn't been getting burned as much this year but he's gonna end up start getting more and more picks late in games especially because he's such a good ball he's such a good ball hawk and with that pressure getting to quarterback you have to get the ball out a little quicker than you hope for so I cowboys, just, sorry go ahead no i was just saying the cowboys offense to me hasn't really it's been a story i feel because cooper rush hasn't turned the ball over but they really haven't done much i mean they put up 22 against washington they put up 17 I think I don't remember what there exactly was last week but they haven't really put up many points they've just been so outstanding defensively they haven't had to so this week is going to be a great test because they're playing a great team in Philly I think I view them a lot like the Patriots though I think yeah they're not going to allow you on offense but they know who they are on offense and I do think the Cowboys much like the Patriots if they need to put up 30 they can whether that's whether you're getting seven from the defense or special teams or if you're getting that all from the offense i think they have the ability to and they got the personnel to this will be no they might not this will be the week to show it for sure that's the thing they're gonna to show it they're gonna they're gonna need to but at the same time we got it's a divisional matchup they're two good defensive teams 
likely we're still going to get a low scoring matchup here, you know. And if that plays, if it is like a fourteen ten game or fourteen fourteen going into the fourth, I mean, I'm not going to say that favors Dallas, but they're still going to run their offense the same. You know what I mean? So no, their offense isn't explosive, but they have such a good identity and they're so efficient on offense. They're not really, they're not waiting for people the way the Bucks are. You know what I mean? They are who they are and they can run their offense, whether it's Zeke, whether it's Pollard, whether it's whoever at receiver, they're going to take care of the ball. They're going to get first downs. They're going to move the ball and they're at least going to get field goals and the ability to stop, you know, if they're not scoring touchdowns, they're going to get points one way, or they're going to pin you deep. And then you're going to have to reckon with that defense and that scary ass pass rush. They just got playmakers all over that defense, you know? Uh, and yeah, the bucks, like I said, the bucks, of course, down the line are a contender before talking today. What is it, October 12th? I think those three are the class of the NFC to me right now. Just today. I would add the bucks to it, but I'm not mad at it. And also, something I wanted to quickly say before we move on to something else. If the Giants manage to go like 10 and 6 or 11 and 5, Saquon might be the MVP of the league. That'll never happen because they don't ever award it. Adrian to... Peterson was. That's right. Sure. But I mean, what? He broke the rushing record, though, right? No, he was a little below it. But I'm saying if, if Saquon Barkley gets. 2,000, like 2,200 yards from scrimmage, 2,300, and he is a sole reason why a team that no one expected to do better than five wins is like a 10 or 11 win team in the playoffs. As much, I don't see, I don't think it will, it may not fully happen. It all depends on like how good Mahomes is, how good Josh Allen is, but how good Lamar is, Jalen Hurts, but it is a possibility. And honestly, I I hope it. I think something like that would be so cool. I hope it does happen. I hope for his sake he gets the MVP this year. If the Giants actually do end up being like ten and six, eleven and five, I would like it. I hope you know. I wish more position players would get it besides quarterback. I hate that it's basically a quarterback only MVP award. Like I think Cooper Cooper Cup should have definitely won MVP last year. He won the triple crown and he broke the receiving record. Like, and what well, they weren't. Or were they a two seed, three seed last year? The Rams. Um, yeah, there was a two seed. Two seed, and he's the best receiver in football, and the you know one of the main reasons why they're a two seed. I mean, yeah, he should have won MVP over Rodgers, in my opinion. Like if if there was ever a season for a receiver to, you know, that was it. Be that but, one or the Megatron one, or I mean, you weren't you couldn't give the Moss one because of the fact that Brady had fifty and broke the record himself. So. Right. I mean, you know, just specifically last year, like. Well, yeah, no, I'm yeah, just thinking, quarter, I was thinking last wide year, receiver seasons, like, that could be, that warranted MVP status in the yeah. last 20 well, years. Well, I mean, like, last year, last year in particular, it, there was no quarterback playing, like, definitively, like, okay, this is the MVP. Like, you could argue Brady and Rodgers damn near up until the end of the season. You know what I mean? Like, it wasn't, and it wasn't like Rodgers had one of his very best seasons last the year, year before when Rodgers was 48 touchdowns to five picks that was a no-brainer um, correct but the year I mean he had 37 to four last year which not we're not trying to take that away that's over a nine to one touchdown interception ratio he played phenomenal last year Tom I think had 43 to 12 so he also played phenomenal last year too it's just we didn't we we had seen Tom has put up 43 touchdowns before Aaron Rodgers has put up 37 touchdowns before 
even though there was a 17th game, there he 1947 plus 16 touchdowns with 145 catches. That's just that's out of this world. Yeah, you rattle these stats off like an encyclopedia. Sometimes I don't even. Well, I mean, some I'm gonna say uh, some of these I'm looking at. Some of these I do remember. Got you. I was gotcha. say, I, uh, the Cooper Cup ones I was I'm looking at the Rogers one I did remember the Brady's ones I do remember so yeah I I have no time on my hands so I just look at these stats and remember them <laughs> I have a lot of time rather any you have any uh bus game you want to run at me any off the um, bus riding the bus I, any of that I gotta, or? I gotta be off until next year in my alliance uh, they just. They, uh, the Patriots unseated me off the bus. They basically they kicked me off the bus. The Patriots. You're all the did. way off the Lions. Um, I'm off of them being a 500 team for this year. I'm. They, What's their record right now? Uh, I think they're one in four. Oh uh, shit! If they, I think they're one in four. Let me just look at the NFC North. But yeah, DeAndre. Yeah, they're one and four. DeAndre Swift is still uh, missing a few games. They're not fully healthy, and the defense needs another year. But oh boy, we're we're not getting off of them in the future. But right now, we got kicked off the bus. We had to, they get they kicked me off. Like I wanted to be there, building being a five hundred team, and they're like, no, you're not allowed to kick me off. So I'm kicked off. But uh, otherwise, are you on? Okay, are you on the bus? passenger or off the bus with the Jags making the playoffs now. I mean, it's very we early. Because before we were on the bus. Yeah, I obviously there's so much football left, but just a couple questions. Or at least um, being above near, 500 if you want to make it a little easier for you. I would say I'm nearly off the bus. You can't really trust anyone in the NFC South. Uh, they seem to come back to earth. I'm I'm not, yeah, I don't think I'm on them as a playoff team. I'd say I'm off the bus on them as a playoff team. But at the same time, it's you've got to get seven AFC teams. Uh, they have to be one of them. Like, the AFC South has to be one of them, so. I mean, no if we're talking about winning the division, then absolutely not. I'm, I'm riding with the Titans. They're, they, to me, are the only sure thing right now in that division. And, you know, I know they looked rough the first couple weeks, but they've won three straight, I believe. Yes. Uh, and they got Derrick Henry. He looks he looks fast. Tannehill is playing okay. So And they're well coached. That's the thing about it. They're, Vrabel's a very good coach. Uh, you know, the Jags, I mean, Doug Peterson's a good coach. I think Frank Reich's a good coach, but the Colts look terrible. The Jags are still young. And the Texans, Texans look confident. Texans on a given Sunday could look like the second best team in that division. So, yeah, to me, after the Titans... Those last three are up for grabs, really. Um. Oh, hold on. I just had a thought. I just had something. Oh yeah. Okay. Are you on? I one. I'm actually just not to have to be on the bus or off the bus. Do you think Cooper Cups gets traded? Oh, not Cooper Cups. Sorry, absolutely not. Christian McCaffrey. Uh, I have no idea. You don't think it's because I know there's trades. I was going to say, and if so, where do you think he would go? Because there's been talks about Buffalo interested in him. Uh, there was another team that was interested in him as well. But there's talks about Christian McCaffrey because the Panthers are just looking to blow it all up and kind of just start from the ground up. I don't see it just because you don't see a lot of superstar trades midseason. Uh, so I don't really see it. You hear a lot. You hear a lot of talk every year about 
oh, such and such is unhappy, such and such is looking to blow it up. It never really happens. You do see some impact players traded, but never top of their position type players. So I don't see it this season. Um, trade deadline is November 1st, I believe. So quietly it's coming up here. But yeah, I don't see it. It's, it would be pretty hard to make a trade for Christian McCaffrey midseason because he's such an impact player combined with an injury history. So that's one you probably want to make on an off season. You know what I mean? So if someone were to make that trade, it would have to be someone who was very desperate. Someone, yeah, very desperate would have to make that move. I don't see any competent NFL team making that big of a move midseason because you'd have to give up a lot for him. You would have to give up a lot for him. I'm actually going to lean on the other side. I think he will get moved. Where do I think he will get moved? I think it would be, no, no, no. I know I'm giving you a team right now. There is a place where I would want him to get moved, and then the place I think he could get and think he would get moved. I think honestly, the rumblings in Buffalo. I think Buffalo would do it. I don't know if that's even the best move for them because they may have to mortgage a bunch of their future and then not be able to pay a lot of people. So, like, down the line, it would kind of hurt them. But for, like, the, the now, it could be very good. But I would like to see him in Baltimore. Yeah, I just don't see it. I don't see it at all. I mean... I would love to see, I would love to see him in Baltimore and give Lamar another pass catcher out of the backfield. But also, get, I mean, because they're running attacks, obviously, really good already. But I think that could be a very, very interesting wrinkle to the I could offense. be extremely wrong, and I could be being short-sighted here. But I can't even remember the last time there was a superstar traded in season in the NFL. So, you know, barring someone being held out and being traded like week two kind of thing. Uh, where they, they didn't what, even... what kind of superstar are you talking about? Because like Von Miller moved last year, like those kind of things. Are you not... That's Von Miller after it. You know what I mean? It wasn't Von Miller in it. Like, let's say, shit, like if Micah Parsons was unhappy, they trade him midseason kind of thing. You know what I mean? You just never see that. You never see those kind of those kind of guys get moved. Like, what Von Miller get moved for last year? A late-round pick, probably. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I can't think of exactly what it was. But, yeah, he got moved for a few picks. It was a... For a second and third, second and third, I think. Right. Like, where if McCaffrey gets moved right now, you're going to want most teams. Like, I guess the Panthers probably want to do what the Eagles did and get a bunch of picks back. Sure. So, if you're doing all that, if you're doing a fire sale midseason, you're going to want a lot back. And I don't think teams are going to do that midseason, uh, not knowing draft for last, that. Last one was Ramsey. In 2019, he got traded to the Rams for two firsts and a fourth. Yeah, I guess so. And then Minka Fitzpatrick, Amari Cooper. I mean, Amari Cooper's not really a superstar like that. Well, no, I'm just saying big. He was a big, I would say, a big acquisition for the Cowboys at the time. But yeah, I would say the last two would be Minka and. Jalen Ramsey, but it is easier to implement someone defensively than it is offensively. So that makes sense. Yeah. Ramsey would be a good comparison, but even that's tough. Like, even Ramsey, I don't think he... I don't think Ramsey's locked down in the way Sherman was or the way... Of course not Revis, but not even the way Sherman was for Sherman's prime years there, you know? I do. 
I think Jalen Ramsey's been the best corner in football for the last like three or four years. I think he's been. You can you can throw on him a little bit though. It seems like guys get as, deep on. As, as of late, he's kind of fallen. Uh, he's been a little bit like the start of the end of last year and then into this year. But before that, like in the, like the 2018 to 20 range, he was as a, he was elite. But and he still is elite. But anyway, that's all I was going to say. That was all I have. Uh, other than that, I don't got too much. I don't know if you have anything else before we get to picks. No, that's perfect. I think next week, you know, going into week seven, maybe even week eight, is a perfect time to really dive in on the, uh, are you driving the bus? Are certain you teams halfway, halfway through the year and get really you get a lot more of it. Yeah, teams and players will. I mean, just now we're starting to learn more about each team. I think a lot of people would have had Green Bay Sunday and, you know, look what happened. The Giants dominated a lot of that game. A lot of that game, the Giants dominated. But, uh, shit, want to get to some picks? Of course. All right, let's start it off. Uh, I have no feel for this first game. Well, you say that, neither does Vegas. Vegas has it at a pick em. So it's Commanders at Bears, pick em. Uh I'll start it off here, Keenan. I'm going to go Commanders over the Bears. Let's say I have no feel for this game nor this team. Like I do think the commanders are going to win, but let's give a score of 15 to 12. I was going to be, I know, I think last year I gave a score of either five to two or seven to five. I was going to go in that range, but both of these teams have, including the commanders, especially they've at least scored 28 and 27. The bears have gotten to the low twenties a couple times. So they can score. They're, this is just going to be an ugly game. It, it can't possibly be worse than last game, I wouldn't think, last Thursday night. But, yeah. I got I'm it. I'm going to go 15 to 12 commanders. 20 to 16 Chicago. Get the 500. And you really like the Chicago team. I don't like the Chicago team at all. What do you mean? I, I, I feel like you picked them a lot. I've only picked them like once. I mean, they lost. I had them losing last week to Minnesota. I've had them losing most weeks. I really don't like the Chicago team because I had them losing to the 49ers week one. I think I've had them one other time. It was against the Texans, and they won. Oh, all right, maybe not. I don't care about this Chicago team at all. I just don't hate them as much as you do. You think they're the worst team in football. I I don't don't hate them. I've never hated them. So I'm not, I not hate, no sorry, I, but I don't mean hate as in like you have disdain for them. I more so just meant you don't really like their roster and you don't think they're good. And I no longer think they're the worst team in football. Yeah, I'd, I would say that. I'd say the Steelers are probably the worst team right now. I just don't think the Bears have much of an offense, and I don't think Fields is that good at all currently. But. Yeah, no, they're not great. But yeah, Chicago twenty to sixteen in a game that. If Washington won, I wouldn't be shocked. I have no idea with this game. Niners at Falcons. Falcons are a six-point underdog. Falcons have covered every single week of the season. They have. Uh, and I'm going to pick them to cover. I think they're going to lose this game. 27-21 Niners. I think it's going to be a 25-17 to game. I think the Niners are going to pull it out. They have such a good defense, and they run the ball extremely well, so I think they'll be able to control the clock and control the game. I like that score better than mine. Uh, <laughs> Patriots at the Browns. Browns are a three-point favorite. Hold on, hold on. Let me see. 
pick a new one because this is the same one that shows double lines and I can't tell which one's the updated one. So, okay. But, uh, that's fine. Um, I will give my opinion on it while you find that. I think that in a very close game, New England's going to pull it out. I have them winning the game around a 24 to 20. Um, Bill Belichick's going to, they're going to do their best to neutralize the run. I know teams have been able to move the ball, running the ball this year, and they have arguably the best back in football in Nick Chubb and obviously the best duo probably in Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. So that's interesting. But with an ex-quarter, uh, ex-Patriot uh, quarterback, Bill Belichick does know Jacoby Brissett, and he has been turning the ball over late in games. I think that could bode well for the Patriots. I got them 24-20. to 20. Yeah, Browns are a two-and-a-half-point favorite. I think the Patriots win. Uh, whether it's Zappi at quarterback, whether it's Mac Jones at quarterback, I don't see the run game getting stopped too much for the Patriots. Granted, Damian Harris is out. It's just going to be Ramondre, who had a great game last Sunday. Uh, he is, for his size, he can run. He is so agile. So he has such great footwork for his size. Like, he's got great balance. He's fun to watch. Yeah. Like, I think we're going to see him get unlocked in these next few weeks. Really do. But I'm not going to lie. You took my score there, 24-20. I'm going to say 24-17. Okay. This this defense is, like you said, Belichick knows Brissett. He knows him well. Uh, It's not going to be an easy game for Brissett at all. We saw what Belichick did to Tom Brady. Not to mention this blitz. Judon played well last year. Like, Judon accumulated a lot of sags early, especially, and then kind of cooled off at the end. I think he looks even better this year than last year. Like, he's he's at the quarterback's feet, if not about to tackle them or get them for a sack or a rush or a QB hit. He's all around the quarterback all the time this year. And uh, along with three other linemen or linebackers, too, they're going to blitz the hell out of Jacoby. Uh <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if it's another blowout win, honestly, but I'm going to go with, I'm going to change it from 24-17 to 24-15. 24-15, Pats. 24, it may be 24 to 10 by the end of this pod. It might be. It might be. I I have so much confidence in this Patriots team going forward. Not saying Super Bowl or anything, but specifically just in their schedule. This is a weak part of the schedule. I absolutely love this defense. Like, this is one of the most exciting defenses I've seen from them since probably last year because I probably said the same shit last year. You did, but <laughs> but I think it's valid this year. I mean, we saw it. We saw it during stretches against bad teams last year. We've seen it every week this year. How good they look, how explosive they are. They can score. Uh, the Browns are without Deshaun. That's it, really. You know, if this was with Deshaun Watson, probably taking the Browns. But you know, the Browns will Browns. Fun fact about Jacoby though. He's only got three picks on the season. All three are within, like, the last minute of the game or some shit yeah, like no, that. Like, but literally, he, in the fourth quarter of games, he's kind of just unraveled this season. Specifically the last drives. Like, those are the only picks he's thrown. <sighs> Good old Jacoby. Well, hope he does it again. Uh, yeah, I've got 24-20. You got 24-15. What's the next game on the ledger? Buccaneers versus the Steelers. Uh, Buccaneers are an eight-point favorite. 
Yeah, I don't see them anyway, them losing this game, especially without TJ Watt, so the pass rush is not going to be as hellacious. Offensively, you've got a rookie quarterback in his second full start. I got Tampa winning this game probably 30-17. to 31-10, Bucks. Ooh. Alrighty, next game. That game's at Pittsburgh, by the way. Yes, it is. Uh, next game we got Bengals at Saints. Saints are a two point. Sorry, Bengals are a two point favorite at the Saints. I would have been really shocked if the Saints were favored in this game. Uh, yeah, I think this is where Cincy starts to get on their run. Um, I said even though I said last week I thought they were going to beat the Bengals, I know beat the Ravens, but I said even though if they do, they have a five game stretch coming up or six game stretch where they could go five and one. I think this is when to start it. I got them winning this game twenty seven to twenty. Yeah, I have not liked the Bengals this year at all. Uh, the Saints team's a weird team. They kind of kind of played competition almost. They've actually looked pretty good with Andy Dalton. It's really weird. Taysom Hill got loose a couple times last week against the Seahawks. Uh, I think it's a close game, but I think the Bengals win 23-19. Alrighty. So we both have them covering. Makes sense. Go on. Jags, Colts. I believe this game is in Indy. Indy's favored by two and a half. Uh, this might as well be a pick for me. I couldn't even tell you. I'm probably going to go with the Jaguars here because the Colts looked absolutely atrocious last week. Let's say 2017. That seems to be in the wheelhouse of the NFC South overall. 2017 Jags. I think it's going to be – I think I have Jacksonville. I feel like this is going to be a random little high scoring. I've got this actually 28-26 to 26 Jacksonville. What about any of these teams? Screams high scoring. What about them? I mean, Jacksonville has put up 38. They beat the Colts. Last time they played the Colts, they won 24 to nothing. I think the Colts play with a chip on their shoulder. I think sometimes in games, they're just teams that are just weird games where you don't expect it to be high scoring. They score points. Like, I did not expect it to be a 48-45 Lions-Seahawks game, but it was. So I think it's just going to be like one of those random games where you're like, oh, they're kind of moving the ball. I don't think it's going to be a great game, but I have Jacksonville winning. Jets at Packers. Packers are seven up, seven and a half point favorite. Ooh. I'm going to go. It's tough. Packers look ugly, but I'm going to say something like 27 to 10 Packers. Or sorry, 27 20 Packers. Let's see. I don't think. I think this is going to be a random close game. I think it's going to be twenty. I don't think it's after the uh, after the Packers a couple weeks. I got a twenty-eight to twenty-three Packers win. I like the way the Jets have an identity, which is something that I do like about them. Even though I mean they're not great, but they do have an identity of how they've. Especially since Zach Wilson's been back, they haven't been putting him in situations to where he's just slinging it. They've. Really use Brees Hall, Michael Carter in the red zone, and just kind of being opportunistic. So I think they have like an actual identity, so which can help them. This is one of my favorite games of the week, right here. Ravens at the Giants. Ravens are favored by five and a half. 
I'm going to say Ravens 28-23. This is your same score as your last game. Yes, it is. Oh, man. Just for the story of it, I'd like to pick the Giants, but I don't think they're winning this game at all. I think Lamar is going to have him a game. Uh, I've got this game, though, 30-27. to 27. Close game. Yes. High school close game. Uh, Vikings at the Dolphins. Vikings are a three. Excuse me. Vikings are a three and a half point favorite. Okay, I've got Minnesota in this game. I, there's still no two, I believe. So I've or got, Bridgewater, I believe. Uh, yeah, or Bridgewater. I think it's like something Thompson. I don't remember. Skyler Thompson, if I remember. Sky- yeah. So I've got. I think Minnesota hat. They can't lose this game. Uh, so I've got a twenty-seven twenty-one game. I think Minnesota does win it though. Twenty-eight sixteen Vikings. Okay. And then we got we already did that game actually. We did the Niners. Uh Panthers at Rams. Rams are a ten and a half point favorite. Oh, I don't think the Rams are a contender. I don't think they can compete with the great teams, but I think teams like I think the Rams find their way into the playoffs with games like this because I think they can not only beat the Panthers but beat up on the Panthers. Uh, shit, let's go with and who knows the Panthers might play inspired. New coach you usually see a little bit of a bounce back when the coach gets fired, so it might be a little closer. We'll say thirty to twenty Rams. I've got this Rams win, but I got a twenty six twenty two. I don't. The Rams offense has not really moved the ball all that well. I think Brian Burns, as you said, inspired with a new coach. I could see Brian Burns getting after Matt Stafford because they have no offensive line. So it's going to be interesting to see how this game goes. And new quarterback yeah. too. Sometimes that new uh, that new quarterback, fresh quarterback start, you kind of get a new spark with the team. Yeah, I don't know if it'll be Darnold or if it'll be P.J. Walker. They played P.J. last game. I think it's P.J. because I think Darnold's still injured. Oh, is he? Yeah, right. I think he's still injured. I think Darnold right now is on IR, so I think it will be P.J. Walker. True shootout potential here. This is going to be a great red zone game this week. Cardinals at the Seahawks. Gino so. still playing great. Gino, Gino had one of the best passes of the week to, I believe it was Metcalf. Mm-hmm. Down the center of the field last week against the Saints. Oh my god, it was a thing of beauty. Oh, Derek Carr uh, had one too. His touchdown, which one? his touch, his last touchdown to Devontae. He stepped up in the pocket off the wrong oh, yeah, foot and draped it over the top of two. That was the best that throw of the great. week for me. But they, Gino had a beautiful throw too. Uh, both of them were great. Uh, Cardinals are a three point favorite. I have no idea who I would pick here. I am going to go high scoring. Let's say. 35-32. I'm going to go Seahawks. Ooh, rolling with your team. 35-32 Seahawks. I think Arizona's going to pull this one out, but I do think it's going to be close. I've got this one 30-27. And here we go. One of the games of the week. I really have no clue where I'm going to go here. Chiefs are a home underdog here. Three points. Bills at Chiefs. I don't know how they're a home underdog, personally. Because the Bills. Yeah, but I mean, it. I would still. I I just don't think they should be a home underdog. 
I don't know. I think that the Chiefs and Bills have both looked like great teams this year. I just like I'd be shocked if like when the Bills went to a lot like to a few places and were home underdogs. But anyways, we'll see how this game's gonna go. Um, since I'm talking, I'll just say my score. I think Kansas City because they're at home. I think they win this game in a fun thirty-five to thirty-four game. See, if you told me it was going to be a shootout, I'd believe you. If you told me it's going to be an ugly defensive game, I'd believe you. Uh, either way, I think Buffalo kind of exercises their demons of their last time in Kansas City. I think it is a close one. Let's say 20. the hell am I going to go here? I'll go a little more low scoring. Let's say 24-21 Bills. All right. Um, then we got two games left. We got the da- we got Dallas heading to Philly. Yeah, Dallas at Philly. Philly's a six point favorite. I think it should be a closer line than that. I think it should be three. But I mean, hey, they gave five and a half for the Cowboys at the Rams last week, and I thought that was the easiest line of the week, honestly. And uh, the Cowboys obviously more than covered, but six points at the Eagles. Uh, It'll really tell us a lot about Cooper Rush if they, because, you know, they're kind of, they're saying Dak's not ready for this week, but possibly next week. And Cooper Rush hasn't played anything great. Like, he hasn't had any explosive games. I think he only threw for 102 yards last game. But, hey, if he goes toe-to-toe with Jalen Hurts and the Eagles here, who the hell knows? Who the hell knows? But I'm going to say, I think it's going to be a close one. I think it's going to be a defensive battle. Damn. What are we going to go here? You give me your pick first. I have got... I want the story of this, too. I've got Dallas winning 23-21 on a late <clears throat> drive by Cooper Rush to get a field goal. They're down 21-20 to with like a minute and a half left, and Cooper gets them in field goal range. That's, and a, that's a good score. That's the hope. That's my hope. Because I would love a quarterback controversy. I think it's just adds. I think. I mean, they're already semi is, but if he wins, he goes to Philly, and wins against an undefeated team at the moment. Whew. I don't know how you bring Dak back. I really don't. Let me say this. I hate. One thing I hate about doing these picks, I feel like I kind of recycle the same number somewhere in my scores. Like I feel like I say a lot of twenty fours. Or a lot of twenty sevens, or a lot of twenties. Yeah, and, uh, I, I mean, think it's hard gonna, to predict. It's hard to predict someone's going to win forty two to seven. <laughs> right. I think the Eagles are going to win this game. I'm going to pick the Eagles to win this game. Okay. Before I pick a score, though, what you just said is exactly what I want to happen. I want a quarterback controversy in Dallas. I want Dallas fans to just have a civil war amongst themselves because Dak is a beloved quarterback there. Uh, once upon a time, the same exact situation happened with Dak and Tony Romo when he was injured. Uh, there'd be nothing. The Cowboys are one of the most dramatic fan bases. Obviously, we know that. Uh, I mean, really, every NFL fan base is dramatic to some degree. Oh, yeah. The sky's falling or they're, the team's terrible or their team's going to the Super Bowl or something. Uh, they're They're always... But the thing with the Cowboys, they still carry themselves like those championships they won were like, in the 2010s. Yeah. So, yeah, I would love nothing more for them to have a quarterback controversy, even though they're 
kind of doesn't need to be one, even though, like I said last week, I'd probably want Cooper Rush in there just until he has a bad game. I wouldn't keep him all through week 18, but I would keep him in there until he slips up. Maybe has a bad first half, then you throw Dak in there, bring him back, and then it's Dak for the rest of the season. But still ain't made my pick. Let's say I said defensive battle. Let's say I'm going to go in the same ballpark as you. Let's say 22 or 21-18 Eagles I'm going to go. All righty. And then last game, Monday night, five-point favorite at home. The Los Angeles Chargers, who I do not trust, versus the Denver Broncos, who I do not trust. AFC West matchup. Uh, You could tell me, again, only the Chiefs are going to make the playoffs out of the AFC West, and I completely believe you. Uh, I'm going to pick with no confidence here at all. The only thing I can say is this is going to be a close game. I'm going to pick the Chargers. have no confidence in it. I'm going to say Chargers... 27-23 27-23 over the Broncos. Um, yeah, I don't think the Broncos can get to 23 again. I might have been a one-hit wonder. Uh, so I've got them 26-18. to 18. I got the Chargers winning this game. You said 27-23, right? Correct. And what was the line for this game? Five-point favorite, the Chargers are. Okay, five. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if the... Broncos can get past 20 again. That was a one one time thing. So that that's that. <sighs> they're so bad. <laughs> they're just they're just they're 2 and 3 I think or 3 and 2. I think the Broncos are 2 and 3. Yeah, 2 and 3 cuz they were 2 and 2 going into that. They're just not fun to watch. Russell Wilson doesn't know what football is right now. They're The Raiders have the the Raiders have that worst record in the division, and yeah. I think they're the second-best-looking team in the division. They've looked like the second-best team because the Chargers have just been hurt. The Chargers have been hurt, and then obviously their coach doesn't help because sometimes they just become discombobulated and make terrible decisions. The Broncos have looked like the worst team in the division easily, and then obviously the Chiefs are the class by a mile. But Not even know, discombobulated. Like He wants to make these dumbass decisions usually. Yeah, no, it just makes them appear discombobulated. Like, it, like they just like, what are you doing? Like decisions, but yeah, I absolutely. Um, this division that I thought we could maybe for like the first time ever almost have four teams that are like ten wins plus might have only one. <laughs> like, there's a world where the Chargers go nine and eight, and other and the Raiders go maybe seven and or maybe six and eleven just because of how they're starting, and then Denver goes eight and eight, seven and nine. <sighs> but, yeah. Never know. I have, I have, I don't know. I just hope the Raiders come out of this hole because neither one of the Chargers or the Broncos deserve a playoff spot to me, but we'll see. No, uh, so last but not least, speaking of the Raiders, Devontae Adams. In charge with a misdemeanor. Come yeah, you shove that cameraman. Yeah. While we're on that same topic, found out today as much as as much of the Twitter verse found out today. Randy Johnson, former MLB pitcher, is actually a photographer at NFL games and concerts. Oh, Did not know. I had yeah. absolutely no idea about that. And Shout he's Randy. He's six eleven. So. Oh yeah. He doesn't say he's six nine to six eleven. He's a tall man, one of the greatest pitchers ever. But uh, yeah, no. Um, 
In that situation, Kyle, do you press charges? Do you do something? Are you trying to get money out yeah, of that situation? Absolutely pre- I absolutely press charges. He did the exact right thing. He's got a misdemeanor. He's going to settle. Instead of pleading guilty, I would assume. Yeah, I would. Uh, I was going to say, we're figuring this out. I'm just going to. I would talk to him and be like, yo, 200K, because I'm a nice guy. We don't talk about this. We don't have to do anything with it. That's, that's all I would do. Two hundred K. Give me your give me your in- give me your week six game check, and we're I'm mean, sorry, not week six. They are on a buy. Give me your week seven game check, and we're good. Call it even. You just don't get paid for thank you. Okay, anytime you saw me in public, I'd be in a full body cast. So. <laughs> you look like you look like that guy that tried to get chocolate or con SpongeBob out of chocolate and money. <laughs> That's exactly what I look like. I have no idea what you're talking about <laughs> off the top of my head, but I believe it, and that's exactly what I would look yeah, like. So he just comes; he's full, he's full casted up, and then has like the little uh, IV bag that you can wheel. He just has that on him, but he's just full casted up. <laughs> and he said his bones were glass. Every morning, I shatter my legs. Every afternoon, I shatter my arms. <laughs> I think you need. I think what you need is like a SpongeBob deep dive podcast. Is what listen, you need? Listen, I, I could give an hour on it. I love SpongeBob. I could give you a full deep dive on Spon hundred percent, and I'd love every second. Uh, while we're on that topic, I guess to rest in peace to Cartoon Network because it sounds like that whole studio went under there. Something, something weird happened with it. I don't really know the story, but rest in peace to Cartoon Network. Rest in peace, Cartoon Network, for sure. Actually, as, while we're talking about it, real quick, what was your favorite Cartoon Network cartoon? Oh shit! During a kid cartoon, because then we could talk. Family Guy obviously was on it, so. Uh, like kid cartoon. Well, I mean, I think Family Guy's a Fox show technically. It is a, yeah, I was gonna say it is a uh, Fox show on that. I know they have like obviously, and then there's like American Dad that was on it. Bob's Burgers. You got a um, Adventure Time regular show. Uh, there's a few yeah, other ones I'm forgetting. Yeah, a few of those like all the all the like Bob's Burgers, American Dad. I think those are all Fox shows. Originally. I think they I think they are Fox because I know I know Family Guy is because they do air on but they Fox. Do, but they all do syndicate on. What was I guess formerly Cartoon Network? Yeah. Um, I don't. I didn't really watch Cartoon Network as a kid. I watched mostly Nickelodeon. Um, I guess Dexter's Laboratory would have been the one that came on the most that I can remember, mm-hmm. and maybe Johnny Bravo. But I did not watch it a ton. So, but the show I have watched on there the most, I would say, like this was in my teen years, and this would have been Adult Swim, would have been Robot Chicken. Well, like I, that I, was the other one I was trying to think of, but couldn't think of it. I would occasionally watch that because that was just like never-ending skits, basically. And I think they're only like 15-minute shows, quick in and out. You could have it on the background. Yeah. And some that were really funny would catch your eye kind of thing. So I'd go with Robot Chicken. There was one day where I was thinking about putting together a little Cartoon Network versus Nickelodeon cartoon shows going top 10 versus each other because I think that would be great for kids that watch Cartoon Network cartoons. Do it. I might. I might have to. I need someone on the other side, though, because I need someone to argue one of them. I could argue for both. I oh, could, shit. I could, do, I could argue with Nickelodeon. You, you could get Nickelodeon. I, would, I could argue. I wouldn't remember. I don't think I remember much about them, but I could probably come up with something. Yeah, I mean, I like... I mean, Nickelodeon wise, Nickelodeon wise, you'd have like Angry Beavers, Kablam, Rocco's Modern Life. You'd have obviously SpongeBob. You have Fairly Odd Parents, Jimmy Neutron. Like I've gone like, there's Nickelodeon has so many Angry Beavers, Hey Arnold, like 
they have so many. But then you have Cartoon Network. My, I have to give a top three. I don't have one. It'd be Codenames, Kids Next Door, Foster's Home of Imag- Imaginary Friends. And then my third one, even though it's not a fan favorite, would probably be Camp Laszlo or The Grim Adventures, of, Mandy, or, or the Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy. One of those two. Courage of the Cowardly Dog scared me. That show was legitimately scary for like a seven to eight year old. <laughs> but that's yeah. one I like. I can't. I don't have real big memories of Cartoon Network shows. But yeah, Ed I mean, and Eddie was another good one. I mean, yeah. I mean, you had Nickelodeon kids, you had Cartoon Network kids, you had Disney kids, and then you have PBS kids. So oh yeah, the PBS kids. I watch like Arthur and. <laughs> and then you have, and you had some kids Caillou. who maybe didn't, didn't have, <laughs> who didn't have any of that. Caillou, who the fuck watches Caillou? <laughs> but you might have kids who didn't have any of that and grew up on like old school ass cartoons too. Like maybe grew up on only Looney Tunes. I've heard of, I've heard of them too. So Which are, never- I mean, I think that's I I like those kids. I love Tom and Jerry. I do love Scooby Doo. I love the '70s Scooby Doo personally. Obviously, Looney Tunes when you have bugs, all of them. So, I personally like that too. That's just me. But um, yeah, I, I'd have Can't, to. I I would. I could argue for Cartoon Network, but I think I might lean more Nickelodeon. But I could totally make arguments for Cartoon Network. Keen, you're my brother of uh, 25 years. You're 25 years old. I had no idea you were such a cartoon consort. So, <laughs> you know, I learn, I absolutely love cartoons. Day, of course. Of course that you do. I was going to say, I love cartoons and all of them. I could go through so many more. But, yeah, no, I love cartoons. Well, sounds like a cartoon podcast is upon us, whether that's with or without me. I need to hear one. But, uh, Keen, anything else? Anything from the world of entertainment, sports, football, basketball, anything? I'm ready to talk NBA. I cannot uh, wait for my Basketball, I'm going to hold off on because I, if I say one thing, we're going to talk for another 45 minutes. I know it. Uh, but I'm excited. Monday, 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 I'm excited for football. I got everything out that I needed to. There's nothing else that's in my head right now, especially with the season going on. I'm really excited for this uh, Bills-Chiefs game. It's going to be one of the best games of the year, hopefully. Yeah, we've uh, got a Great matchups coming up in these coming weeks, like Super Bowl or NFC AFC Championship matchups. I was gonna say we've got. I was gonna say we could see a divisional round in Dallas, Philly. You could see a uh, AFC Championship game, Buffalo, Kansas City, just this week. Um, Jacksonville, Indy. I mean, not that that's gonna be anything, but that might be like a division kind of deciding game. So we've got a few this week. Obviously, New England and Cleveland could be a seventh seed deciding kind of game too. So those are not the games I was talking about at all. Well, no, no, no. I'm just looking. I'm only looking at this week specifically. I know moving forward, there's going to be much bigger matchups when you have Cincinnati, when you have Kansas City going to Cincinnati, when you have Tam- you have Tampa playing the Rams. Even though the Rams haven't looked as great, maybe they turn it around by that. point. There's a bunch of like actual matchups. Baltimore plays Tampa, like those games. Obviously, you're talking about. Uh, before we go, give me one song you're listening to that's in your rotation and one album that's in your rotation currently. Unacceptable by Corday has been in my rotation. Uh, the song came out maybe three weeks ago, for uh, maybe a month I think, ago. Hold up, I think. Oh no, in August the tenth. Sorry, August tenth. Go on. Whatever Corday's latest song he dropped, it sounds like it could have been 
something from like Dipset in like 2003. I fucking love it. And I it's one I said I was going to listen to and I haven't really gone back to it because I haven't really listened to much music except on weekends mm-hmm. the last two weeks, I'd say. Since Gibbs' album dropped, I really have not listened to much music, which is weird, not even including that album. His latest uh, was a Checkmate with him and Hit Boy. So maybe that I think one? That, I believe that was it. Did it drop in September? Yeah, so September 9th. I'm pretty positive that was it. Because, yeah, especially because it was one of the boy. I heard that. I heard, like, 30 seconds of it, and I was like, I'm definitely fucking with this. But what about an album? Uh, album has still been um, 2000, Joey Badass, and uh, Blast's album, Before You Go. Been the two, mm-hmm. even though that came out in April. But, yeah, those would be the two right now that have hit my rotation. And, obviously, since I talked about it, uh, To Pimp a Butterfly, I've been listening to you're right it was checkmate that is the one by cordette uh his album is one of the best albums of this year which we can start we can talk obviously about that later on but in my opinion is one of the better hip-hop albums of the year for sure yeah i definitely still got to give 2000 by joey a true listen still and i've said that probably two or three times I i absolutely love that album that album's great but hey we're going to get out of here. Warner Brothers Podcast. We'll be back Monday with our NBA preview. Uh, who knows what that will look like. You're going to get a lot of predictions. You're going to get a lot of uh, arguing, I'm sure. You're going to get a lot of good, healthy debate. Yeah, I was going to say, we who tend knows? to disagree more with basketball than we do with football. I think so. Not that we hey, have... I think we, just, I think we definitely usually, at the beginning of the year... Definitely have different outlooks on teams for sure. Yeah, definitely. But I would say the same thing with football because I mean, you had some that I was like I could not see for your predictions, particularly though more so with the lower half of the league than the top half. Yeah, I I d- you just football. didn't understand why I had Atlanta one and fifteen and had Seattle three and fourteen. Those were really the two that stood out to you. Otherwise, there was not really much else. Those are yeah, the only so two. I- I can't wait. I can't wait for this NBA one. I can't wait for all the content we're going to get from this NBA season. It's great. It's a lovely time. Uh, It's too early, but like at the same time, I'm ready for it. Like I'm really ready for the season and wait. I did not think I was two and a half weeks ago. No, see, that's how it happens for me. Pretty much the last like three years. I'm upset that the season comes around. I'm like, why am I watching basketball right now? I want to just be in football mode. And then it gets closer to the date and I start doing my picks. And then I watch someone like LeBron. I watch LaMelo. I watch Giannis do something. I watch Luka do something, Steph. And I'm like, well, okay, I could watch this again. And it helps because then you have uh, every single night you have sports. Absolutely. Absolutely. Great time of year. Uh yeah, I was yeah. gonna bring up another sports topic, but we're gonna save it. We're gonna we're gonna just save it. <laughs> we're, just, we're just gonna. Well, save it's it. actually one that should have been talked about prior. It's actually Judge's home run, but I feel like the yeah. next time we talk, it'll be too late. And I feel like now is kind of too late. But uh, I I'll just say this quickly. I think the hysteria around it was hilarious to me because I mean it's like. I want to say I saw it was the seventh most home runs in history because there's, you know, McGuire and Sosa got a few more in between. Um, Barrett Bonds has 73. McGuire has 70. I think McGuire is 68. Sosa is 66. I think he said 
twice even. I think it's six six twice, and then I think Sosa and Maguire have like two or three in between, and obviously Bond seventy three. So it's the seventh yeah. most all time, obviously the most in the AL. So people are like, and also he's the only one that didn't do it on um, any steroids or cork bats or anything that happened. So people are like, yeah, he's the home run king when uh, he's not. Yeah, no, Bond's the home run king. We don't know. We have no idea if they were clean in the 60s for all we know. We have no idea if Aaron Judge is clean. I'm not putting that on him, but I'm just... Yeah, I was just saying, we, ne- we never been- will know, but, like, I mean, we won't know until late, much later on. But, yeah, no, I, I'm i not doing that. I, uh, Barry Bond's at 73, so there's that. <laughs> yes, yeah, really- was not king. Listen, I truly got to get out of here, Keenan. Great talking to you. Uh, again, cannot wait for Monday and the basketball conversations. Can't wait for our football conversations next week after this football week is done. Cannot wait for these games. Uh, Ken, I will talk to you again this weekend for sure during the games. So have a good rest of your week. All the listeners out there, be safe. Have a great rest of your week. Enjoy the games this weekend. We will see you next week. Warner Brothers Podcast. Follow us on Instagram at Warner Brothers Podcast, and we're out. You have a good one, Kyle. Appreciate it.